Welcome into Inside LAFC, the MVP, Max and Vince podcast back on the air. The morning after LAFC move on to the semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League. I'm Max, Vince is there, and we have a great show. Before I get into that, a quick thought about the CCL. It's not supposed to be this easy to make to the semifinal. We're supposed to be chewing our fingernails. We're supposed to be on the edge of our seat. Instead, we're celebrating a 6-0 aggregate win. Book your ticket. We don't know who they're going to play in the next round. It's going to be the Philadelphia Union or it's going to be Atlas. I spoke to everyone at the stadium because everyone wants a road trip to Guadalajara. I would like to see another matchup against Philadelphia because of what happened last season. But either way, they're in the semis. Yeah, you either get a great trip to Mexico, which you and I would love. I think we would be down to do that. Uh, maybe we road trip it. Like we said, uh, we go to the flyaway. We drive down to TJ and then fly, fly in from there. Could be some really great content out of that. But if we get Philly, it, this is this is what makes kind of epic um, cross-country rivalries, uh, this series between these teams. Every single game has been incredible, and now we're getting more and more games with consequences. So either way, we're going to be winners, Max. We're going to be winners, but this is a big week. I, I, it has been easy, Max, but I'm I'm slightly nervous going into the matchup that we have this week. Yeah, well, this is a charmed life. We just have one big fixture after another, and uh, we we always say this to LFG fans: it's not always going to be this good, or maybe it is. Maybe we're heading it. It can't. It can't. I mean, this is amazing. You you could not that anyone's going to leave at halftime, but you could have. <laughs> but you could have. You could. I mean, I re- I always relate this. I, I, Florida State football in their heyday, they were beating. University of Maryland, 56-3, and I'd be a student, and I'd be like, you want to just go? I go, yeah, let's start drinking. So we, <laughs> but you can drink, obviously. We're students, so. Uh, but that's the the impression you get with LAFC, but uh, it's it's incredible. I know one wants to leave that that facility, but now they're going to have to, because Sunday, uh, we, we expect maybe a lot of LAFC fans down there at Dignity Health Sports Park because of the circumstances that are going on with that club. Well, we talked to Taylor Twelman later, which you guys are going to be Privy too, and he has he has thoughts, a lot yeah. of thoughts. You're gonna want to stick team. around for that. Like we we almost did not talk about what's gonna happen on the field. Let's put it that way. So you're gonna want to stick around for that because Taylor really he lays it all out there for us. An eye opener for sure. We didn't talk about who's gonna guard or mark who and what's the what the high press or whatever. It's, it was just about this rivalry and the status and how it really could be a benchmark moment for soccer in Los Angeles. Sunday afternoon, 1.30 local time. If you can't get out there, you can see it on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV and also on Fox. We'll also recap this amazing stretch as right now LAFC chugging along, scoring goals, not allowing goals. Because that's new. That's new. So we have a lot to get to. This is one of those good shows. You're going to enjoy it. Great guest, Taylor Twelman, the lead analyst for Apple TV joining us as well. It's Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. Rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend, share it with your loved ones. We're going to get it started. Back here on Inside LAFC MVP podcast, Vince, and uh, as we, we touched on earlier, really all good to report on uh, as LAFC are eating three settled results like Tic Tacs. <laughs> they did it against Vancouver in the first leg. They did it against Austin at home. They did it against Vancouver again on a Tuesday night. And it is, as we'll, we'll break down these results, and we kind of want to do them in chronological order, and we obviously know people want to 
uh, delve into the galaxy result and maybe there's another three set or why not let's just keep this 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 going this incredible ride but it's it's very it's something very special and you know i, I saw ryan hollingshead last night i go have you ever played on a team like this and mls obviously knowing his past or then i stretched it open to have you ever uh seen a team like this and he couldn't really come up with it where you know it's just unflappable getting results kind of the uh, a results machine that you that we all see in some of the top European leagues. And I don't want to jump ahead of it, but that's the kind of uh, comfort that this club has had and dominance that they've had in results offensively, defensively, in every capacity. I, I actually really like what you just said there, a results machine. Like, that's <laughs> that's pretty much... The, you, you, absolutely. When you turn on this team, you know what you're going to get. I mean, we're... And, and just, just to... We we were at the performance center. We talked about Ryan, we, Brian as well, and and I had mentioned and goes, are you anticipate a bad result? We're all waiting for it. And then he was going, maybe it's not there. Maybe the way we're going, we we just keep chugging along because we're all waiting for it. And it's so far it hasn't happened. Yeah, back to back to back three nil victories. You have ten unanswered goals. Uh, going back to the Dallas game. Um, yeah, again, I like results machine because you you do know what to expect. Uh, it's a Kraftwerk song, by the way, so we can't. I'm just kidding. Is, that, is it really? No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, okay. We it, could I, use it. it that's so what good it is. It's they had the man so. machine. This is the results machine. The man machine, the results machine. Maybe uh, maybe we could get AC and D to make some kind of Kraftwerk poster about the results machine, especially if maybe— especially I've if got maybe, the idea. Yeah, especially if maybe we move from the semifinals to the finals of the CONCACAF Champions League, but— what, what I want to touch on is you do know a lot of what you're going to get, but also they are kind of winning in slightly different ways. Like Steve Treadle says, like, we go into the game with a plan. If the plan doesn't work, we we change the plan. We're fine with that. We can do that. Um, one of the uh, cool things for me was after the Austin game, and I'm going to say this is cool for me because you know how this feels, Max. When you get it right, it feels very good. I asked Steve a question, and I was actually tactically uh, – astute enough to understand what was going on and gave me a little like you got it you nailed it and I said to him after that van first Vancouver match uh we talked a little bit about how your team combined you were combining better you were passing better because you you when you played against Colorado you didn't like that you hated that they didn't really do that and they did that in Vancouver and then here against Austin it's not that you guys weren't passing but it seemed like you were going over the top more and you always tell us you know when you deal with the press you can you got two choices you play through it or you can go over it and sometimes you got to go over it. So he said, yes, that was actually not just something that the guys figured out on the day. That was something that we had pre-planned for them. We talked to them about it, uh, how much it worked in the Western Conference final. And we had video ready to say, guys, at times, we're just going to have to go direct to goal. And they did. Um, the first goal that, that happened, the uh, Denny Buanga goal, if you remember, you go back a few moments, it's Giorgio Chiellini sending a ball long to Stipe Biuk going 1v1 with a fullback. And then they're they're in they're in Dallas's uh, attack, you know, defensive third, and they're there to make things happen. And I just think that that's, that's what's interesting about this LAFC team. Again, is they just dominate all phases of the game. Um, and, and the one that they're still maybe not quite dominant on is set pieces, and that's both in scoring them and defending them. Again, I still don't think that they're a bad team defending set pieces. It's just at times they're giving up too many. And the more set pieces you give up, the more variance, the more luck that comes into it. That's why set pieces are so interesting and so backbreaking for teams. 
Uh, but I, I do think that they dominate all phases of play. And I, I guess the real question is, and the one that we're kind of circling around all season is like, is this team bet even better than the team that won the double last year? And thus far, and going back to what Ryan Hollingshead said, like, it's net. This is never. We're in new territory for for an MLS team. So maybe they could be. It's still too early to tell. But we're we're seeing a lot of signs of. Um, and you know you need some luck. But we're seeing a lot of signs of a team that very much could eclipse what it did last year. And last year was so special. Yeah, my my quick answer to that question is yes, they are, and it's the means how they adapt to different results. Because on the surface, when you look at some of these games, there are there are moments where you see. Okay, and Steve Gerundolo said this after the second leg to Vancouver. You know, they had a good chance five minutes in, and that could change. Oh, he said it about the first leg. They had a great chance there, and how that could have changed everything. And in the Austin game, they Austin's best play were in the first 20 minutes. Even So, our, by the way, our, our guest, Taylor Twelman, who's coming on, he even mentioned it, and you looked at him. Yeah, uh, Austin's probably got uh, a, a good hold of this, but they uh, they, they always kind of, fix whatever shortcoming there might be and, and they they separate themselves by the by the end of the game and uh, it, that is a, a repetition i would also say the rotation of this club where they have and you t- you tweeted before the kickoff they go they're going for it they had their i think we can read their best 11 but they had all those other pieces in place where they could bring Stepe Buke off the bench where they bring Sergi Palencia off the bench where they bring Jose Cifuentes three guys that can complicate things in an instant Eric Duenas is part of that rotation now. Danny Chrysostomo was the fifth guy. He's not quite there, but there's a sign that he could be. But it that the rotation of how we saw this team go from result to result, I think they've kind of gotten very close to how they want it to look. They got the personnel, and there will be some new players coming in and how they fit. But the thing is, everyone finds a place to fit, and that is the thing that you just don't see on this club. And everyone knows their role. And everybody uh, does their part. There's no complaining. Uh, Steve Terrell, we, we, again, I don't want to keep bringing up Brian Hollingshead, but he just gives us some humdingers. He goes, you know, Steve doesn't have to apologize to any of us when we play. And I asked him, so he comes up to you and says, uh, Ryan, you're, start, you're starting on the bench. As opposed to, Ryan, sorry about this, but you have to start on the bench. He goes, yeah. And we all get it. So uh, with, with that in mind, it's just this beautiful, well-oiled machine. And again, things could have a hitch. In a speed bump, they're going to. I mean, it's, it's, every club does, but um, everything seems to be falling in place, and that's by design, and it's falling in place because everyone allows it to, I guess. Um, I know we want to talk about Denny Buanga, but let's go, go back to Austin. I know we want to take a little. Well, let's take... let's let's do this so we don't. Yeah, so we don't. Because um, we there has been a lot of games in succession, and and people know the results. Let's do a takeaway each, kind of of the last these last three games. Um, and then that way we can kind of wrap that up and move on to uh, the man of the hour, Denny Buonga, because I think a lot of fans want to hear us talk about Denny Buonga. I can't, okay. I can't get enough Denny Buonga. Uh, clearly, the goal can't get enough Denny Buonga. So uh, we'll talk about him. But let's do a takeaway. So what, Max? These last three games, what what would be your biggest takeaway uh, for LAFC? And well, I, I think I kind of touched on this last week, but it continues to impress with two more clean sheets. And I don't want to say the defense has been overlooked, but it is such a we're not talking. We're not talking about it a lot, though. I, uh, your points, like when any club that churns out a clean sheet like that, and not only that, and I think Vancouver in the second leg had some chances. Probably should have got a goal. They were peppering John McCarthy a little bit more, but the Austin game didn't have chances. The first leg, Vancouver didn't have chances. So it's not only 
not conceding goals. It's not giving up guilt edge opportunities, which they are not doing. And in, I, I want to focus on that Austin game because I think we've seen it with some Seattle and then the, the best offensive player on the opposition usually gets shut down. And I think Sebastian Driussi, it's a bigger issue. He's not performed. But the fact that he just was uh, missing in action was unbelievable. And I think LAFC pride themselves in that. And they're, they, the way they defend, um, the uh, collectively, uh, the, the strength in that back line, when Mario or Chiellini or Aaron Long, who we've talked about off the air, you know, I've talked to some people, go, what, what, you know, Aaron Long, when, it, it, what is he going to bring to the table? Just watch. He's going to do it. And we see it. He is strong. He's uncompromising. And he eats people up. He, he gets on their shoulder and he just doesn't give them any breathing room. So the defense is, and Steve Gerundolo said this after the Austin game, and he's, you know, defense, you know defense, this is how you win championships. I know not to sound too cliche, but it's pretty elementary. You don't give up goals. Uh, then you could become a, a one-nil machine. And LAC haven't done that. They've been a three-nil machine. But if if their offense isn't clicking, they can hang their hat on the defensive side. And I think it's seven clean sheets in whatever amount of games that they've had. They, I know in, in league play, it's maybe one goal allowed in five. And then the Alavalense, the second leg, which is an absolute outlier, the other three CCL games have been clean sheets. It's it's a it's a remarkable run. Seven clean sheets in twelve games is pretty good. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about it a little more. Well, I know we, it's like it's more sexy to talk about the goals, but man. Yeah, no, I, I I'm on it. So my big question to you about that takeaway is, and and I can't take full credit for this because my dad actually texted me this after the result last night. And he said, "What's more impressive to you, LAFC's offense or defense?" And I was like, "Oh, what a humdinger that was, huh?" Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna punt. And I'm going to throw it to you. What's more impressive, the de- defense or offense? Okay. I think because historically, you know, LAFC is not, even though they have been a good defensive team, you don't think about it. You always think about the great moments with Vela. And it, look, you know, these offensive MVPs and Vela and Rossi and now Tini Buwanga. And, you know, Mahala's been a, uh, is such a steady performer. And diff- I would, I, I because of the emergence this season of Denny Bowong, I'd have to say the offense, because he's doing things I've never really quite seen. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to short sell this defense because, again, it's it's not that they're not giving up goals. They're not giving up chances. And they can throw the personnel. And now they have four center backs that they can throw at you. Three high-level ones. Daniel Maldonado came in against Austin, did not miss a beat. It's like he read the, the, the playbook. He... He did not want to let down those guys. He was given that responsibility, and he paid it back in bushels. And then Sergi Palencia, who uh, just knows his role. He'll start enough games, but the fact that he can fill in it right back or left back, and that gives the flexibility of Cheeky and uh, Ryan Holling said, that seven defenders now is, uh, is just a unit. And that's, I mean, Steve doesn't want to take credit, but he has helped build that. The coaching staff has helped build that where you have that group that in any situation, if someone gets hurt, if someone's on international duty, you're ready. You've got, you've got it built in. Yeah, I would say ultimately it's, it is the t- one of the toughest questions, but the defense is what is the foundation with which this team is built on, right? Denny Boanga can't go out and do what he does if the defense isn't 
sturdy. If you're having always emergency defend and you have no control over these matches, you can't do the type of things that they're doing. Um, yeah, that's... I'm still not picking. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to say what's more impressive, but I would say the defense really sets the table. Um, for me, I want to go back uh, uh, again to kind of... We'll go back to Ryan Hollingshead. We should have just had him on this episode. <laughs> uh but but in talking about the the ability to rotate and uh, just the the vibe within the team, I think my biggest takeaway is the fact that every new player that's come here looks like they've been an LFC player for well over a year. Yeah, last two seasons, right? Right, and and I want to say that that like that's not a given. Uh, we can think back to LFC teams where guys have come. I mean, there's there's a slew of them, right? There's the Andre Hortas of the world. There's a couple guys that came and they just never settled and. Every single guy, Daniel Maldonado and Eldon Yakupovich were kind of the last ones we were trying to see, like, okay, are they going to fit in? And to your point, he goes 90 minutes to get a clean sheet against Austin with all those attackers on the field. Uh, Eldon has to make some decent saves, although he's relatively... He looked, he looked really good. He looked really good? Yeah, I mean... He looked like uh, one of the two or three better backups mm -hmm. in the league. And he was saying, for him, the toughest part wasn't the fact that the game, uh, you know, only... The way that LAFC plays only gives him a couple chances to stand out. He's like, it's just, you got to have games. And I haven't had games. He goes, I haven't started an actual league game, he said, in like two years. Uh, he'd been in cup games or other games. So uh, the fact that he's able to step in, make some saves, I mean, it's it's not a given that these guys are going to play this well. But it it makes me even more excited on top of it to see Matias Bogus. Um, by the way, there's still an open designated player spot. So, like... These talks of depth, I, I don't. But think if you if you're a DP and you come in this, you're going to look at everyone's hit and the pressure's up. You go, you're not going to just roll in here and go, okay, I want to come to LA and I want to play for LA. You go, no, no, no. They're like, look, you got everybody who's walked through that door has come in and fit in seamlessly. So we uh, expect the same from you. Otherwise, uh, it's not going to work. Uh, and every club I've covered on this, this Apple TV thing, they have new signings that have not clicked. Or whether they're injured or they haven't fit in or, you know, God forbid what happens with the Red Bulls, their new player they have who's in a lot of hot water. Those kind of things where that happens all the time. Not exactly that example, but all of a sudden the team's like, oh, my God, our new player, it's not going to work. There is a slew, there is a slew of traps that you can fall into. Um, and like I said, it's not a given. Uh, you can Every team is going to tout, oh, we have a great scouting network. We have a great game model. So when these guys come in, uh, as Eldon said, a lot of teams go, we're family. Every single team says we're family. We come together. It's it's just not necessarily the case. And Eldon said something because someone asked him after the Austin game, do you think this team could compete in Europe? And he said, without question, this is a team that could play and compete and get wins, whether it's the Premier League or the Bundesliga, where he's a little bit more familiar with. Mm -hmm. And to, to, to just want, because I, I, I know I might forget to say this because we're going to move on here. Uh, the family thing, and I think the, the one personnel uh, situation that is illuminated is that Timothy Tillman's kind of really moved in as that member of the midfield and Jose Cifuentes who had an incredible goal uh, against Vancouver in the second leg has kind of moved to the bench and then he scored a goal and then after he was celebrating and everyone was celebrating with him and it went on and on and then he goes to midfield while they're waiting for the kickoff Timothy Tillman and him are doing little you know high fives and hand jobs and they're like going on and I was like they're like two best buds and these are guys that essentially are competing for a position and they were like it just loving each other's company and yeah. i saw that i'm like well there it is that's a family it. i saw that also because a lot of people have been asking me what's up with sifu 
Um, and you and I get to see Sifu uh, outside of the field, right? We get to see him at training uh, when when we happen to pop in. He's the same guy. Um, I I, I want to stress that to people. Like he doesn't seem. Um, yeah, people have jumped and said, "Oh, gay." He's he's not he's not unhappy. He's yeah. he's when they say everyone is contented when they come to training. There's there that includes Sifu. Yeah, I think he understands that Tillman is in a little bit better form right now. Um, but to your point, to see him score a goal like that, and then the guy that has been in better form to come over, and they're joking, and they're and he's and it's it's not forced. Like Tillman is is having a great time, and Sifu is clearly having a great time. That's that is a very very good sign. Very good sign. Okay, let's talk about Denny Bowanga. We have we still have a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, we got to get through Denny Bowanga and a Galaxy preview. So uh, yeah, we get we get our special guest. Uh, Denny Bowanga, people are going to get upset because he doesn't get a hat trick every game. But even even <laughs> last night, he attacks a defender, picks up the penalty, and early on in the game, essentially ends the the draw with Vancouver because yep. Vela yep. converts the penalty, and it's four zip on the aggregate, dusted, game, set, match. But I want to go about what he does that I've never seen in this league. And we've seen it with Diego Rossi, but not quite like this with our club and we've seen it with wingers who attack defenders just turn around and go he does it every time mm -hmm. but against Austin I saw one play he did it many, many times but once against Alex Ring where he turns faces him beats him and then in a movement there's a five yard gap between him and the defender and then sometimes he does it deep in his own defensive end because he's helping the defensive ever he turns and he's got 50 yards in front and then he eats up the 50 yards and all of a sudden, you are in attack mode. The The way he can, it's almost like an NFL player. It's almost like a wide receiver. He's moving on the cornerback. It's like Jerry Rice, wham! And then he is out there, 40 yards out, elite athlete, in a, in a dangerous position. He does it over and over again. And he is undressing defenders. He's posterizing defenders. Uh, and the, the one thing that I say, is, I go, is he this good? Is are the defenders in this league this poor? Is everyone right when they talk about MLS defenders? I know that's not true. I know these defenders are good. At least they're athletic and they can run. But they are, they are getting to use the NBA expression, getting posterized over and over and over by Denny Bowanga. Yeah, and it's all parts of the field, as you said. His ability to dribble guys one v one is obviously very dangerous in and around the box, as we saw against Vancouver. You're terrified. Um, when you have to even stick a toe in to try to stop him or slow him down. Uh, and he makes, he makes defenders nervous, like we said against Dallas. That, that goal he scored against Dallas should never go in. But the fact that he picks up a ball with 10, 15 yards ahead of him, defenders are terrified of what's coming next. And then he can do that where he picks it up, let's say. And, of course, that's when he just landed after a transatlantic flight. Right. And then, and then to your point, in that Austin game, there was a moment where he picked up the ball probably 20 yards inside his own half cut inside of two defenders and then saw 30 yards, uh, a 30 yard gap between him and the next defender and said, I'm just going to run with it. So his ball progression, the ability to do that, um, to take guys on, to be secure on the ball, but get, get his team forward, get his team into the next phase of play is, uh, something that we don't talk a lot about, but because it's probably not sexy. I mean, there's not, not a lot of people go back and go, well, this guy dribbled the ball 40 yards before there was a couple passes and then a goal. But it is so important to this team, and and he's just so good at everything. Like, there's really not much that I can say. I mean, I know Steve pointed out, well, if he could set guys up a little bit more, hey, <laughs> that's Steve. That's Steve, right? And, and 
I bet you if Steve said, hey, Denny, I'm going to want you to get three assists in this game instead of three goals, he probably could do it. But Denny's probably like, yeah, but also, like, I can shoot the ball really well. I, I, I love that second goal against Austin because he hits the ball so hard. And LFC posted it. And go back if you haven't seen it. They're all three Damn. amazing goals. But they posted the video in the sound that the ball makes when he hits it. Incredible. So his ability to strike the ball. And I like the Diego Rossi comp because he eats up yards. He progresses the team down the field. He makes defenders nervous in front of them and behind them. Uh, but I think the one difference he has over Diego, and this is really only be I mean, not only because, but he is a superior athlete, but he's 20, he's a finisher article, right? So he came in here as a, a much more lethal finisher, finisher, and his ability to strike the ball is just one notch above, I think, Diego, which is, again, no slight on Diego. It's just Denny can hit a ball with such pace um, and precision that that's, that's what makes him a truly special player in this league. And I, I, I believe he is not only the best player in this league, but probably the best player in CONCACAF at this moment. I mean, well, and I don't think I'm going out on too much of a limb there. People are going to yeah. go, not a hot take. Yeah, I, 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 not. I, I think he's the best player in the CCL, and it's not even close. It's not even, no one's even touching. Name another player in this competition that's even come close to what he's done. But again, like. You can try and be killed. It's been one zip, defensive efforts. Yeah. Every team in this tournament is probably looking at LAFC going, oh my God, how do we avoid them as long as possible? Yeah, I mean, and I'm just saying, thinking about like the other leagues too. I think you could say like Henry Martin has been hot at times for, for Club America. I just, there's no one dominating both the continental competition and their league the way that Danny Buong is. So yeah, not even a hot take. No. Uh, and you, you mentioned that he's the finished product and it's a move for LAFC because when they signed him when he's 27... Uh, sure, they'd like to maybe, maybe it's an investment to sell on. You know, Chicho Arango came in late and then it became an investment. Uh, but this was a guy that go, okay, this is a long term play. This is a guy that we can really build. Signed kind of the same way with Carlos Vela. Mm -hmm. No one could have expected him to play this well. But now at 28, I guarantee you other clubs are paying notice. And it, it's not really, um, practice to sign so or, or or try and get a transfer for someone who's 27 28 30 mm -hmm. uh you know you go for guys early in their career but the way he's playing i mean i, I would imagine top clubs are going oh my goodness well, that's someone we we need that's someone we that could change our fortunes in a heartbeat but i, I don't know if that's in lafc's plans maybe someone makes an incredible offer because he's just playing that well and everyone's seeing it you can't score a hat-trick at CCL, a hat-trick at MLS, two goals here, two more goals, uh, 11 goals, in, in whatever amount of games, uh, and not draw that attention. But uh, that LAFC brought him to be a long-term play, and they're reaping the benefits. I would say it's one of the savviest signings in the history of this league, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Well, let's do this, because we, we talked long as we, we normally do. Let's save our Galaxy <laughs> preview yes. for our guests. So let's okay. back down here, Max. We're going to bring on a special guest. Uh, he's going to have some good uh, takes on what's going to happen because he's calling the game. So if it, maybe maybe it's a better thing. Maybe it's a better that we got to talk a little extra Denny Bowanga, uh, and we can save the Galaxy preview for our special guest. Okay. He'll have a uh, an, an, an unsolicited take on Denny Bowanga because we're like, well, we're in the deep weeds here with him. <laughs> and weeds Fair. isn't the right expression, but Fair. it's been amazing. And we'll remind you, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. Tell a friend. Back here on Inside LAFC, the MVP podcast. Uh, always a pleasure to have Taylor Twelman, who has been a big part now of this Apple TV. 
uh, MLS season pass. We'll be calling the game on Sunday between uh, LA, the Galaxy, and they're the home team, LAFC. Also doing uh, Portland, Seattle. I mean, those are the those are the the two foundation rivalry stones. Am I correct? Is there anything that competes with that? Toronto, Montreal, because uh, I did you and I did it. I think at ESPN it was like either fifteen or sixteen, and you don't know what that rivalry is, Max, until you're in Montreal and they mispaint the eighteen yard box to delay the game <laughs> twenty minutes before that's next the playoff level. game. That is a real. That's a real rivalry, dude. And we have a lot, and we love that. And look, our to our LAFC uh, fans that tune in here, and we encourage you to watch more MLS because it's a great league, and it's good to know. Uh, even though we you support and watch all the LAFC games, to know a little bit about it, it will help you, and you will uh, you'll take a lot more uh, pleasure in covering this or watching this league. Uh, uh, we were just talking about Denny Buanga, and I mean, we want to be prisoners of the moment, but it's not really prisoners of the moment at this point because he's just doing it over and over again. And he's already had almost a great season in this small amount of games that we've seen in two competitions. Is there someone that you can compare? I remember now I think of Didier Drogba when he arrived and he scored a ton of goals. Mm-hmm. Is there a comparison? Is there something that, that you've seen in this league or another league that uh, kind of gives you uh, rings a bell about what he's been able to do? Carlos Vela, second season, remember? I mean, you guys know this better than anyone, right? <laughs> that there was a unbelievable quick start and an energy to how he played. Obviously, that team still is in one of the conversations for me as top three, top five best teams ever in this league, regular season, uh, even the postseason. Yeah, they got upset by the Sounders, but the way they played the Galaxy, I think Carlos Vela that year was something special and – and Bowanga's got that eerily similar type of feel right now where anything he touches is spectacular. Anything he touches is in the moment to makes it bigger than even what the moment, you know, what, what the action is. Uh, the three goals he scored against Austin, all three were fantastic goals and all three different types of goals. Um, eerily similar to Carlos Vela. And it's not because I'm on an LAFC podcast. It's more so because... I remember calling three or four of those early season games, and I'm like, Carlos Vela looks different. Now, I, I, I'm going to be remiss on the year. I might say 17. Javinko had an eerily similar type of season in Toronto where it was like, wait a minute, what the hell is this? Carlos Ruiz, Max, 2002 oh, yeah. with the LA Galaxy. Everything he did <laughs> was in like – the 80th minute or extra time to steal three points, our good friend Alexi Lawless will tell you, it's still up there as one of the best single seasons ever in MLS history. But Bawanga, if this continues, you're talking about top three best seasons ever. What is it What is it about Bawanga? Like, if you can kind of – don't amalgamate it because, like we've been saying, he's he's good at pretty much everything. There's not much on the field that he can't do. But you tell me, what is it that just makes him, like if you had to pick out one attribute where you said this is just something a little bit different that puts him a cut above, that's something special that either terrorizes defenders or helps his team that little bit more? Vince, great question. I'm going to give you something he doesn't do well. He's not a great passer. And the scouts (laughs) in Europe, I tweeted this after the Aussie game, the scouts in Europe have said this, and even Steve Chirundolo indirectly and directly said there's another level to him. He's not a great passer. You see him give the ball away at times when you're like, you just beat four defenders. You just ran 45 yards with the ball. It's a simple pass, make the pass. However, 
The best thing he does to answer your question is he's direct. There is no BS around his game. And what I mean by that is that look at the first goal against Austin over the weekend. It was a clean touch bang in the back of the net. It would, there was no step overs. There was no juke. There was nothing. Everything he does is at a hundred miles an hour directly to, to the defender, directly to the goal. And that's understated. They, too often we get caught because of social media, the stepovers, the flicks, the tricks and all that. The most effective goal scorers in the world are the ones that literally go right at you. They stomp on your throat. They bury the ball. They turn around. They go back to midfield and say, I'm going to do it again. That's kind of what I see with Denis Bawanga. Honestly, I, I, I like him. I like him a lot. But I thought that first goal against Austin, I remember looking at Jake Zivin. I texted Chirundolo after the game. I said, that's different. That is cutthroat. That is ruthless. And you guys know me well enough. I, I appreciate that more than anything because there is an edge to that. While it may not be the sexiest, it sure as hell is effective. If I can follow up on that, because I love that that's what you, you keyed in on, because I have this question for you. This is a big question that's been bother me a little bit throughout the season. And I know that I'm talking to a number nine of the highest caliber in MLS in a truest of number nines. You were a number nine. And I keep hearing this. L you can't play without a number nine. And, but LAFC has shown that they can find ways. Like, is this just, is this just become a truism? And again, I know I'm asking you a number nine, but everyone says big teams don't win without a number nine. I just, I feel like we're not thinking it through enough, and maybe the game has changed slightly. It's a great question. Honestly, it's the number one thing, Vince, I had to evolve on in my analysis in my 14 years of doing this. I was, I, I've been wrong many a times because I always believed that you had to see the game and have the game with a reference point to play off of. And, and I still think there's value to that. But my evolution of seeing the game – is the Liverpool team, I mean, did they have a nine? Sure, Firmino's a nine, but he's not really, he wasn't a nine on that team. He he, he ran the channels, he dropped into the hole, he, he allowed Salah and Mane to play off of him to be the vertical threats. Bob Bradley and I, ironically, would have many good conversations Around this topic, because Bob would try to challenge me to look at the game and say, Taylor, you you do not have to have Didier Drogba. You do not have to have a Zlatan Ibrahimovic, a reference point all the time if the style of play and more so the profile of players play off of each other where there's always a vertical threat. There's always a player in the hole to play off of to combine. So Vince, absolutely 100%. Now, I would argue with anyone on this podcast, Bawanga's one hell of a nine. He's just not your traditional nine, but he's a hell of a nine in the sense that everything's to the goal. Everything's about combination. Everything's about playing in the seams, always asking questions of the center backs in the pairing. So it's just evolution of the game. Um, but part of my evolution as a broadcaster is I never saw that. I never believed that. And now I do. I think Bowanga and LAFC this year are a good point of that. And to be honest with you, Seattle Sounders are another one. Jordan Morris isn't a typical nine, guys. You know this. Mm -hmm. And yet, what has he done? He has scored a ton of goals playing that way. So 
I just think it's evolution of the game and having a broader picture. But Vince, you do not need a quote unquote number nine to be successful as long as the front three or five attacking players play off of each other and the profiles are, are I would say, um, accommodating to each other, for lack of a better phrase. And that's coming from a number nine who uh, had a very fruitful career. Being who, who reference did point. That? Max, <laughs> Max, I did none of what I just said, which is probably <laughs> why I'm on this side of the podcast and not on the field anymore. Well, it's it's amazing because it's like I mean, traditionalists are going. Wait a minute, this it can't work, and it, it's it really is also adding a, a, an extra element to your number nine or whoever those attacking players, because for LAFC, they want them to contribute to the midfield. They want to contribute to the defensive effort. And that's what this allows. It's a, it's a new ball game. And, you know, this, this sport is changing very quickly and we're seeing it um, manifest itself here with this. Uh, I mean, this, this is LAFC why team. they wanted to get rid of Arango, isn't it? Right. Right, right guys. This yeah. is why he, he, he didn't quite fit the defensive duties. Yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't all defensive. Um, it was, Look, in uh, that Austin game, that Western Conference final was the best I think I've almost ever seen LAFC play. But I can remember three or four moments when Chicho did the hard work of his back to goal, turning, facing up, gets the team in transition and just blows an easy pass. And that was, and I don't want to slander the guy, but that was, a. it was more to it. And and people wanted to make it so easy. Oh, he doesn't defend. There was more to it where like, they're just parts of his game they didn't quite love. But at the end of the day, the guy could score goals in a variety of different ways, and there's something special about that player. So, that, again, I don't want to slander him. That's why he's special. But they thought they could get just a little bit better by having a different type of player. Very, It's very true. Uh, we, we want to talk about the Galaxy game, Taylor, and there's a lot here. Obviously, LAC hasn't uh, been defeated in MLS play. The Galaxy haven't won. You, uh, a lot of people would say that's it's a, it's a house of horrors for LAC. They've never won a game at Dignity Health Sports Park. That is without question. But there's an element here, and I wanted to start the conversation with you because I listened to the last home game with you, and it was Galaxy versus Seattle, the protest from the supporters. And it's really being heard because they said they were going to do something, and now it's coming to fruition. And you were on the broadcast, and you said, my God, it's quiet in here. You could hear conversations in Mm -hmm. certain parts of the You could hear a pin drop. It was quiet, and that's because the supporters – uh, figuratively were, were being heard by their protests. That is part of what would give the Galaxy an edge here. Uh, if you take that away, we're, we're, we're approaching a very unique circumstance. And it, I know it's still going to be difficult for LAFC. It's a hump they want to get over. They want to say, okay, we finally won a game there. I would imagine this allows them to sort of get a little bit closer. But that dynamic, you know, people expect the Galaxy to come off the mat here. They've done it so many times against uh, LAFC. But this is different. It is different, Max. It is different. I, I, I Honestly, I'll, I'll be stunned. I'll be stunned if Galaxy make this a game. I will be absolutely stunned because the LA Galaxy that I've watched this year is 180 degrees different than any Galaxy team I've ever seen. And and listen, you you can research this since 2015. They haven't been very successful. Zlatan was a Band-Aid. It covered up a lot of their issues. They didn't make the playoffs the first season Zlatan played, and what he scored, 20-some-odd goals, and they didn't even make the playoffs with him that first year. There's been issues with the Galaxy and LAFC coming in, 
and doing things differently and immediately taking the attention away from everyone downtown LA and more so even out now outside into the suburbs and in other towns. This this imagine if the game Sunday is all black and gold. Imagine if you hear more LAFC fans than any of the Galaxy fans. And this is why I said this may be the first game where we see tangible evidence of both on and off the field at the same time of the Galaxy being second, of being really second in L.A. And I talked to some supporters, and they say there's a lot of tickets on secondary markets where you can get a ticket for that game for a song, where you can go to a game that you probably couldn't have gone. We always talk about the – the price of a, a ticket if you want to attend this, this is the time where you can get those tickets. They are available. Yeah, if you can yep, get... You are you, 100% <laughs> correct. If you can get 500 supporters to Costa Rica, what's stopping you from getting more down, literally down the street, pretty much? And, I mean, Taylor, I want to ask... That's the thing, Vince. Yeah, that. well, I want to ask you from a player perspective. Look, I know in the game, obviously, it makes a difference. It helps having the crowd, the energy... What about off the field? What about when they're going to training? How is this probably wearing on a team where it's just like, is this all we're talking about again? And it just, especially when you have guys that are are not from here, like do do they start to check out when you've got like the Ricky Pooges and you've got the Brugmans and guys that they're like, look, I played in and around the world. Maybe I just don't want to stick my foot in this. I don't. I I don't know. I it's it's got to be very interesting in the locker room when your president comes out and says, if you don't make the playoffs or advance in the playoffs, then I'm going to step down. I'm not sure how that plays in the locker room. Uh, I don't know if the players are even talking about it, but here's the one thing. I was also in Portland and Portland, Seattle played a game two years ago and it was dead silent. And I mean, dead silent for the first 12 minutes. You, you are impacting the game. And so that's where the players become readily interested in what the heck is going on when you are impacting our home field advantage, when you are impacting our advantage over our our biggest rival. I was there. Giovanni Savarese couldn't say anything publicly. That impacted the game. I, I, I'll say it for him. He couldn't say it. It was insanely impactful because it was dead silent. If that is the case in L.A., at the Galaxy home stadium, and all you hear are LAFC fans, guys, the viewer's not stupid, but the player's not stupid. Then the player's going to look at it and say, hold on here. What the hell is going on? This is the biggest game of our season. Yes, we're going to play two more times, but this is literally the biggest game of the season, and now you just took away our advantage. They've never won here. What if LAFC come into the building and win 3-0? You're talking about a completely different conversation. This didn't have, first of all, any, anyone on the Galaxy side, and I would say supporters, that say this has been coming, okay, but if LAFC did win the Supporter Shield and MLS Cup the previous year, I'm not sure it comes to a head right now, but I love it. Listen, this is... On the, I love accountability. I love responsibility. I love pressure. This league needs more of it. We desperately need more of it. And I think we're going to see some of that come to a head this Sunday if LAFC dominates the game both on and off the field and the scoreline reflects that. This is going to be a long season for Greg Vanny and the LA Galaxy. 
It's going to force their hand too. And look, I, I, I've been pretty open about this. And I know LFC fans want to see Galaxy buried. I want to see both LA clubs at the top of the standings. I want these these Derby games to be massive and have everyone talking about it. And if one club is falling off, then you get Barcelona Espanol and people, they get pumped for it, but they know what's going to happen in the game at the end of the day. But that is still a very compelling part for LAFC. I mean, you can't sit there and wait for the Galaxy to clean their house. They have to, this could be, I think, that moment where the Galaxy go, okay, we we are being left behind here and we could put the Band-Aid on it if we get this win. And, you know, it's it's possible. But uh, if it doesn't and Galaxy and the LAFC is going to be heavily favored and they come out and win this game and win it by two, three goals, it could be that moment that you just touched on where uh, this rivalry uh, takes a shape where LAFC takes a big piece of the Los Angeles, the Los Angeles pie. And, you know, you but can't Matt, stop but progress. Max, you, you say something, Max, you, you say something very important, though, and this is what I think the listeners that are listening – it's not a recent recency bias, but we got to remember this league, DC United was at the top of the mountain for mm-hmm. the longest time. When was the last time DC United was in? And see, this is where the Galaxy have to be very careful. Max, I'm with yeah. you. I get LAFC and the LAFC fans not wanting Galaxy to succeed. Sure, I, I have zero problem with that. But on the, on, on the bigger scale, you never want your big markets or – your most successful franchises to take a dip this long. And people think I'm galaxy fans can't stand me bringing up, but it's since 2015, it's 2015. It's what been a have while. You guys it's a big done? sample size. Yeah. It's not like I'm making this up. It's not like this is coming out. Of, I'm just pulling something out of my hat saying, well, no, it's since 2015. You guys haven't been that good. Uh, no, it's not the records. It, numbers don't lie. People do. And the, the Galaxy have to be very, very, very careful. They don't go down the road of D.C. United, where for the first 10 years in the league, D.C. United was at the top. Now it's been almost eight to nine years to try to get them back with a Wayne Rooney, with a new stadium, et cetera. Guys, the Galaxy can't afford this, and neither can Major League Soccer. A single entity cannot afford L.A. Galaxy taking a five, six more years to turn it around to be an impact on the championship trophy cup level, not just making the playoffs and quote unquote advancing. That's brilliant. I just want to put a, a little, a little asterisk on this as well. Not an asterisk, but like a little exclamation point. The difference of DC United and the galaxies, DC United doesn't have an LAFC in the marketplace. And that is going to really complicate things for the galaxy. Cause it's about new fans in this, this league and new fans are going to look at the two clubs and go, I want to be part of that. I don't know about this. And who knows if there's existing Galaxy fans like I've they've already said their displeasure and now they might want (laughs) to kind of sit in the balance there. We'll see. I mean, I think Sunday is going to be awesome. Yeah, I think I agree. There's so much at stake. Sunday's awesome. I that was a great promo you just cut. You should be a pro wrestler, Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sunday. I'm going to tell you this. You better get your house in order or it's going to be a whole lot of pain. It does say a lot that the stakes are this high and we literally haven't talked about like formations, the way the teams that are going to play. And I don't think we need to. No. I really don't think we need to. Of course, Taylor, you'll be calling the game for Apple TV. So everyone check Taylor out with Jake Zivin on that call. Taylor, you've been so good to us. We're going to try to make sure we don't keep you for too long, but I do want to do some just overarching 
MLS questions. We're about a fifth yeah. of the way into the season, which is a perfect time to start talking about, you know, big proclamations. And I feel like you're the man for this because um, you're not afraid to say yeah. what you feel. <laughs> so uh, these are rapid fire-ish, but go ahead. Feel free to, you know, if you want to add a little context to them, you don't have to just give me a name. Uh, let's start out with, uh, okay. with with an easy one. Who, who's been the best team in MLS thus far? LAFC, hands down, uh, both dealing with CONCACAF Champions League and the regular season. It's unbelievable. And, and if it continues, you're talking about the greatest season ever, better than anything they did last year. Biggest disappointment for you, team? Austin. Mm. Um, the way they fell out of CONCACAF Champions League, uh, the way they've come into this third season, I saw an unbelievable jump, as everyone else did, from year one to year two. I thought year two to year three would be something similar. I'm not saying spectacular, but much better than what we've seen so far. Uh, biggest surprise, but, but like a positive surprise. St. Louis City. Uh, I, I think it speaks for itself. Expansion team. Uh, trying to build a stadium with inflation and COVID. They saw their roster. They went a different way on the roster to win your first five games. I don't care if they lose their next five games. Guys, nobody saw winning your first five games out of the gate. That's been the biggest surprise. And all due respect to your fair city, Taylor, I've never said I've wanted to go to St. Louis until a couple months ago. <laughs> I'm glad you saved that. Towards, it's number one on my tourism day. list. It's Jeez. moved ahead of Ibiza. I want to go to St. Louis. <laughs> Max, the consummate professional saving that that for last. Thanks, Max. <laughs> I love it. No, but I've, I've, it's just because I didn't know. I didn't know. And I've, this, this has been an, an eye-opener to what St. Louis can provide. And I've learned about the neighborhoods, and I've learned about the history. I'm in. St. Louis is on my list. I, I, I think the best part about that entire thing, Vince, was the fact that he compared St. Louis or Ibiza. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, just I don't want to right. go to Ibiza. I want to go to St. Louis in April. Right. I don't think <laughs> St. Louis has ever been in that has ever been in that comparison, and I don't think St. Louis will ever be in that comparison again. So, bravo, Max. <laughs> okay, let's try to get back on the rails here. Uh, team, uh, team that maybe is down now, but you think is going to figure it out and come good by the end of the season. Oh, that's a good one, man. It, 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 right now, off the top of my head, uh, it is. Off the top of my head was Toronto or Philadelphia. And if I had to pick it, I'm going to say Toronto. Ooh, Toronto. Interesting. Do you think they got the the defenders that they need, the extra bit that Bob needs there? Um, what if they find a nine? Ooh. Oh, we're <laughs> just going to, we're just you guys, you, you guys are LAFC through and through, but Toronto spends more money than anyone. And yeah. so if they can rectify something in the summer and they can find something, guess what they're going to do? They're going to find it and they're going to do it. So Toronto's tying a lot of games. Everyone looks at the defenders and, and I get it. However, I'm just wondering if they, if they somehow find a, a, a real good nine, who knows? Can't can't wait for the summer transfer market. It's gonna be fun. Well, I kind of and it kind of already answered one of the me questions too. that I had. I was gonna ask you give me, give me like one name or one big move that you think is gonna happen that we're not talking about. Please do not tell me about Lionel Messi. We've heard enough about him. I I would love it to happen, <laughs> I but enough. I just I just don't. Yeah, yes, you have Max. We've talked about this. But do you have anyone? That's a real good. I I don't know. Like it, 
there was a strong rumor. I tweeted this that Lukaku was very interested and is very interested. I don't think that time is right now. Um, but that's a name that's been floating around a lot. Uh, obviously, you guys know Bamiang was uh, <laughs> was at the forefront of everyone's mind in L.A. I think better off for LAFC that they didn't pull that one off. I, I don't know the big – I mean, listen, Messi's the biggest name, Ben. Who, who are we kidding? So that's the only one people care about. It's the only one name that's at the forefront of everyone's mind. Uh, but now that the World Cup in the winter is over – I think this summer transfer window could be massive for MLS, both in outgoing transfers and in incoming transfers. I got to pick these questions, um, and I'm I'm out, Max. But ha- in this time period, have you thought of one hot seat question before we get Taylor off the hot seat? Nothing, nothing too hot. I was going to ask West, who's better, the West or the East? But I kind of think we. It's... I was hoping you were going to ask something like, "Where's the best place to eat in St. Louis?" or something like that. <clears throat> now that you're such a, I already, uh, no, I can tell the research. St. Louis terror or uh, tourist that really just loves to go there. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get that I've already talked to him oh, about St. Louis I had him on the phone for 30 minutes going hey tell me about more about these toasted raviolis and what I, 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 I was like I'm in I'm in we talked to Tim Parker last week up in Seattle he's like dude I didn't know either this place is amazing in fact he said the same thing he goes all these guys kept saying about it and I dismissed it going yeah 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 now I'm in here I go this it's all true <laughs> It's amazing. It, it truly is. It, it's hysterical, too. <laughs> it's not a pizza, but yeah. No, it's well, not but, a pizza. Um, that should be the new slogan I mean, of St. Louis. It's question. not a pizza. Yeah, but... The East-West question so dumb, Max. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Look, Vince really vetted these questions well. I don't know. Anything I could say wouldn't be any better than that. So I've, I have, I'm at peace with that. Um, and uh, by the way, which one's of all the stadiums? Which one's the best one for you? And you've been at them. Which one's the best one okay, to that's, broadcast? That's a good from? one. There you go, Max. Now you're in. You're back in. Look at as great of an environment that LAFC is, it's one of the, if not top five worst broadcast booths in the league, <laughs> bar none. Um, I mean, it has, say, we're lucky it has we the, have a broadcast they, booth. It used to be down in the corner. It has the plaque that says Max Bredos <clears throat> broadcast booth. He'll ever, forever be enshrined as the voice of LAFC. We're going to get bronze statue it's at some not, point. It's not, Vince, because it, it, it's a little tykes picnic table that you call a game off of. And it's right next to like two suites where everyone's drinking and nobody <laughs> wants to listen to me talk next to them while they're drinking. So like, <clears throat> I'd be better off calling the game from the drone. It just would be easier. Just get me, just get me out of there. Um, I love LAFC's environment. Uh, I love Austin's environment. I think St. Louis City. There was no stone left unturned. I think they took a lot of different things from different people. The broadcast booth there is as good as any NFL broadcast booth. So that one's up there. But Cincinnati is an interesting place, guys, and it doesn't get enough credit. I did U.S.-Mexico there. John Champion standing literally two to three inches next to me. I couldn't hear him. That building is insane. That is a Red Bull arena on steroids. And, Matt, you've heard me say this, Vince, if you haven't. I still think Red Bull arena is one of the best environments to watch a game in. In this country, it's just it's never really filled but this is St. Louis, uh, St. Louis, Cincinnati is filled and it's like that. And it just, there's a, there's unbelievable stadiums, Minnesota. Yeah. If you guys done Minnesota, it's a, that, that one's insane. There's a lot of good it's environments <clears throat> now, which if you would have told me that five years ago, I would have been like, yeah, right. We're going to be in Nashville. 
And meanwhile, there's 30,000 people at a racetrack and the thing's mint. Just go, go to the, see the drone tours on uh, MLS season pass uh, for the stadiums and you'll see it's one, it's really one of the great features that we have in this league. And it's part of football soccer tourism that you should be able to enjoy. Great answer to that question. Cause I did ask you about the broadcast, but you've, you kind of pushed it out. So very nice. Max, did you have Taylor when, when I was, <laughs> yeah. when I, when I was gone for a little bit, did Taylor come on at all? Because I think the last time we had Taylor on was in 2019 yeah. in a similar yeah. fashion before uh, LFC was traveling to galaxy. We were saying all the same things. There's no chance. There's not, not. So I just, this is a nice little bookend um, yeah. to your appearances for us. Well done, Taylor. I remember that. I remember that clearly. And then the Galaxy won the game. I think. Yes, they yeah. did. Everyone knows that, that that's that, that's the girl in the room, that, that the Galaxy have that, and they want to keep it. And that's what makes this very interesting. Taylor, you are a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you for being so open with us. Great answers to our questions. And have a great weekend, man. And hopefully uh, there's uh, no heavy weather up in the Pacific Northwest to get down to L.A. and uh, – I'm flying to St. Louis on my way to Ibiza for spring break, Max. Thanks, buddy. By the way, our newest player just came from Ibiza, and I asked him. He goes, oh, I'm glad I'm out there. The <laughs> owner was crazy. I go, welcome. <laughs> I was like, what's it like playing there? Be honest. He goes, it's probably not as good as you think. <laughs> it's not. It's not. No, I can't be. No idea what's in your water when they give it to you at home. Oh, I know. I go, you're walking to the game and there's a passed out tourist, and you're like, well, God, I just want to play. I want to kick a soccer ball. I don't need to see this blaring techno music. Yeah, who needs that? <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. Max, it's right. birthday, dude. Oh, that a boy. Oh, good one. Thanks, Taylor. That, that'll put a bow on our show inside LAFC, the Max and Fitz podcast. Much respect, and uh, thanks for Taylor joining us. We'll be back. We'll recap the Galaxy game. We'll be moved forward into some spring and some much better weather.